welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe with Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. Sam, I'm glad you're here and I know you're glad to be here. I'm because, very glad. <laughs> uh, the, 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 our portable cafe has moved to Gower, Missouri just, just for a, a few short shows left, but we've been here for a little while and we just love it here. We're with the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Apostles in this beautiful order. Uh, is here in Gower, Missouri, and this is where people have heard in the news about Sister Wilhelmina, and they've heard the word incorrupt, and they've heard these things uh, that have really inspired people to to come and see, to visit, to be part of this little community, and it's actually kind of shown a light, I guess, on the sisters here and the work that they do, Uh, and we've been talking about Sister Wilhelmina herself and talking about her history and uh, and, and the perspectives that other sisters might have of her and all these beautiful uh, notions here. And now we kind of want to focus on really the charism of this order and some of the beautiful things that distinguish this particular order uh, and what they do and that is born out of uh, Sister Wilhelmina's loves and her love for music, of course, the love for the Lord, uh, and, and expressing this in a beautiful way through music. Uh, and joining us again is Sister Scholastica. And Sister Scholastica, I'm so glad you're here and you've agreed to do this with us. Oh, I'm, again, just tickled to be talking about Sister Wilhelmina because we love her so much. We just love to share her as well. Yeah, well, that's awesome. So and we're going to have a special treat, so stay for the end of this show. I promise you, you will be like, that was beautiful because we're going to have a little sampling uh, from we've, we've we've gathered a small little scola, as it were, of sisters, and just had them uh, sing a, a, a few numbers for us. And so, uh, it's going to be it's going to be beautiful. I promise you. Um, so we should start Sister Scholastica by just talking about um, just why chant specifically, but music is is such a big part of the the life of the sisters of the Benedictines of Mary. It is, and it's largely because the Benedictine spirituality is such a liturgical spirituality. So we really put a lot of oomph into yeah. our, our liturgy. In fact, when I help young women discern, I always ask them, what did you think of our liturgy? Is it over the top for you? Because basically, it's all downhill from here as far as how much people put into it in, in a religious community. And it's, it's not for everyone. You know, we don't serve the poor in the same way that some of the Franciscans do. So what I, I do when I help young Not women, in the same way, but you serve the poor in, this, in the beauty, right? The, it's true. The truth, beauty, that's and goodness that, that emanates from this place that's is true. definitely benefiting all. That's right. That's yeah. right. So when I'm helping young women discern, what I tell them is when you're discerning a religious vocation, it's a lot like baking. We've all got the same ingredients basically speaking everyone's got flour and butter and sugar and salt in some degree or or degree or other but it's the ratio that's going to dictate whether you get a loaf of bread or a batch of cookies you know depending on your additives and, and such if the liturgy is flour then we would be bread that's that's right. pretty much what you're going to get out of this this baking project here uh, so we really do up the liturgy saint benedict calls it the work of god so we really consider that to be our main work is singing the praises of God and in that way we're really imitating the angels so people when they walk into our church they say why are you facing each other and the idea is to be imitating the angelic choirs that our Lord is enthroned upon his altar 
and that we are at his feet uh, singing the praises back and forth as the angels would, as we say, in choir back and forth. So we dedicate sometimes five hours a day in this, especially if it's a feast day, it can be even five and a half hours. Uh, more of an average day might be closer to four hours, but just a lot, a lot of hours spent uh, chanting the divine office. So beautiful too, and to sit and, and witness it uh, when you're not accustomed to this, I mean, it literally becomes otherworldly for those of us who are uh, you know, sensitive to the, the beauty in the church, right? Um, for you all, do you still, I mean, does it get old and tired? No, no, and, I can't say I was say hoping it does. you were going to say that. No, no, absolutely not. In fact, there was one sister who said to me, you know, how long does it take you to actually get into it? And I said, you know, one priest told us about 10 years. It, 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 wow. it takes about 10 years to actually really feel like you've got to hang, you've got a handle on what's happening with the See, it sounds like a marriage. Office. Yeah. It really does sound yeah. like a marriage. Uh, and, and so it's like, it's just there's this attraction right at the beginning and then the, the then it just it kind of and it grows on you and grows yes. on you and just gets better and better and we consider it to be the prayer of the bride so the divine office is considered the prayer of the bride to her bridegroom so we sing as the church as representatives of the whole church to Christ our bridegroom so even at the moment of the end of solemn vows you are commissioned with the divine office mm. this is the prayer of the bride you carry it on that's your responsibility so because it is the responsibility we want to give it as much as we can and again that's something we take the time to do but there are other uh, apostolates other orders that will take other emphases for their prayer but because the benedictine spirituality is such a family oriented spirituality we feel the strongest when we are together singing as a family as it were at the foot of the divine altar. That's where we feel the strongest. You look at the Carmelite spirituality and they dedicate so much time to solitary prayer and silent prayer, which we do too. But again, right. if you were to consider the ratios of baking, we have um, a smaller proportion of it than compared to, say, the Carmelites. But if you look at the great mystics of the church, St. Teresa of Avila had most of her mystical experiences in the context of private prayer. Whereas the Benedictine mystic is St. Gertrude, and almost all of her experiences are either within the context of the liturgy or the liturgical year. She will be praying the Vespers of Christ the, Ki Christ the King and have a vision of Christ the King. She will be at Christmas Mass and she'll uh, receive yeah. a message from Our Lady. So this is, this is our way of prayer, just putting so much emphasis on that communal prayer that is the official prayer of the Church. And it's a beautiful treasure that you hold and keep where some might think it's old-fashioned and it belongs, uh, you know, it, just in the annals of history and whatever. But when you come, it's it's almost like you're, I don't know. It's just like a, a it's like a a reunion for yes. some people when they're not used to this kind of music. And there's something beautiful about keeping that alive because the liturgy is alive. Yes, and one of the most, I think, compelling arguments for chant is that the melodies of the chant were actually written for the texts it's not the other way around wow. where yeah. the lyrics actually came first and the music was written for them and the lyrics are the inspired word of god it's the scriptures themselves so that's what makes chant so powerful is that it was taken from inspired melodies based on inspired texts we were actually singing the scriptures aloud because this is God's inspiration and we're, we're giving his word back to him 
in a way. And so some sisters, when they say they have difficulty praying, I tell them, well, this is really the whole idea. Uh, what we were talking about earlier was that you can get a song stuck in your head. You can't really get a picture. Sometimes it's bad. Right? Oh, Sometimes right. it's a theme from Gilligan's Island. Right. That's not right? a good idea. And, <laughs> and you know, and people torture you by saying, you know what song I've got in my head? And you say, don't tell me because it's going to get stuck in my head. Rudolph the Red-Nosed <laughs> Reindeer. <laughs> <I> you know, <laughs> I get it. But I will tell you, though, hearing the music like we were just at Mass uh, and, and hearing the, the, the music, and it, it elevates you and it takes you. I don't mind having that stuck in my head. That's exactly it. So when sisters say I have a hard time continuing the prayer as I work, and I say, okay, this was St. Benedict's idea. You spend that much time devoted to music, and eventually it's going to get stuck in your head. And that's what you can carry with you. We can't always maintain the level of prayer where we're so intensely looking at our Lord that we can't look at anything else because we've got to eat. We've got to move. You know, it's not like we can dedicate our entire life to the contemplation of God. If you want to use more of a natural image, you think of a mother holding her baby. Mm. And there are certain times where she just looks at her baby and she doesn't have to do anything else. But then there are times, you know, she has to make the dinner. So what does she do? She knows she puts the little child in the in the walker or somewhere where she can keep an eye on him and still make the dinner. And this is the kind of prayer we have to maintain throughout the day because we have to do other things. We're, we're in a fallen world. We can't be living the contemplative life, the angelic life here below. We have other duties, other, other responsibilities. And God is not expecting us to dedicate 24 hours a day to intense uh, mental prayer. So this is a great way to bridge it. You have music, and music does get stuck in your head. There's something very eternal about music. You can keep the music going in your head. When it's over, you can play it again. You have fade-outs in the modern music. Whereas this doesn't really happen with anything else. You can think of a picture for a while. You can think of a movie scene for a while. That's going to come to an end. Whereas music, you can keep it going for a very long time and maintain an awareness of the presence of God that's not available through any other medium. And you know, the, the, the beautiful thing about that, you were talking about essentially singing or chanting the scriptures, right? So you're taking, you can listen to the word of God and there's nothing wrong with opening your Bible and reading right. and looking and, you, and you're seeing the words and that's beautiful. It's the living word. It's, it's wonderful. And then there's this part of singing that like sort of takes that. And it's the kind of thing that you can then kind of put the book down and you essentially just you just take in the Word of God yes. in a way that, uh, that's unique, that speaks to you in a, in a very prayerful and solemn place. It's, it's the kind of thing you can close your eyes to that's right. and be transported mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it's largely because of the simplicity of it. It's not terribly complex. And because the melodies are written for the words, it, it naturally lends itself to staying with you and yeah. remaining in your memory. There are a couple of groups that are out there now that have that have been recording, like Voce's Aid is somebody I'm thinking of. Just a beautiful, and I've and they, they don't only do uh, sacred music; they do like uh, uh, Irish songs and things like that. But I've found myself just really drawn to like putting that on the background yes. while I'm doing stuff, and it kind of takes me through whatever task I'm doing, and then I find myself kind of like losing myself from the task and just sitting there and contemplating. Yes. So music really helps you to. Um, concentrate in a way spiritually and in a deeper way. Yes, right? absolutely. That's true because uh, it's it's like so many other things. Sometimes you need that separation in order to approach the person you love. So this is why you hear about uh, 
a suitor writing a poem for his, yeah. his beloved. And that makes sense, doesn't it? You know, he can say, I love you, but then to actually formalize it and make it something beautiful, that's the whole idea behind music as well, just singing to our beloved. So we're, you were just mentioning what St. Augustine said about singing is praying twice, but there's another quote of his that uh, singing is proper to the lover. Wow, that's beautiful. And I think that's something we can really latch on to, being brides of Christ, that this is my first obligation. There was one sister who said when she was asked her job occupation on, on a form, she wanted to fill out, I'm a vocalist for the King of Kings. Oh. <laughs> I sing for him each night. <laughs> I've not heard of that group. Who is that group? You know? No, that's awesome. And you know, this uh, obviously, this um, this the charism of the Benedictines of Mary, I mean, it's... it's it's literally born out of Sister Wilhelmina's love for this music. Yes. Right? And I know she loved all kinds of music. I know she loved, you know, you know, gospel and all the other th- things. She, she loved music. She's a very musical person. But, you know, it wouldn't be the same, like, if, if the sisters were singing, uh, and I don't want to, you know, begrudge any uh, kinds of music, but if they were singing country music. Right. Right. Or if you were singing a folk song, something that was like a, like a light ditty, mm-hmm. you know, there's something different about this style of chant, this style of music that li- literally lifts you up and takes you somewhere. Yes, definitely. And Sister Wilhelmina loved music to the point that if she was singing, she could take over the entire choir. She had such a loud, beautiful voice. So sometimes we had to tell her, you know, sister, keep, keep it down a little bit. <laughs> I can't but believe then... you would say that, Sister Scholastica. <laughs> if you heard her voice, you would understand. <laughs> no, she really had a beautiful voice. But, but for her also, that was such a sure sign of her love to give her voice to God. And, and we're always saying that, to give your voice to God. And she did for how But many to give hours? her voice in that way. Yes, Right, yes, and that's and that exactly that's it. that's that's profound. And I think it's just something that I've recognized that, that um, when you and, and people are hungering right now, especially our, our young folk, are really hungering for some sense of uh, reverence and sacredness, and they they want to be transported out of the sort of ordinary world that we live in. And I think this music is is kind of maybe Sister Wilhelmina again in a sort of prophetic way could see that this was really a way in which to do that. I think so, that she could see that and that there was a draw because I know for myself it was really such a powerful experience for me to attend the Divine Office and to see my own vocation in that context. But that's been almost all the other sisters as well, that that Divine Office will be the first thing that draws them in and they say, this is so beautiful, this is my way to God. And not everyone can dedicate that many hours to the Divine Office but those of us who are called do it for everyone who can't. Wow. So we're the ambassadors yeah. of God before his altar. And so the other thing, I, I just I have to ask this. So this is really, it's a singing order. It is. Right? So as you're uh, looking at vocations or people are just, they're discerning, they want to meet and find out. What if they think like, I don't know if I have the voice to be a, a you know, I don't know if I can join this choir, as you it know? were. What? How does that how does that work? It, it does work, actually, because it's funny. I, I get that question a lot. Do you have to sing to join? And I say no, because if you can't sing, you'll learn. Mm. And it's true for a lot of other things, too. They say, you know, I can't sew vestments. I've never dealt with farm animals before. I say, if you have the call, you will learn, and we will teach you. God gave them the voice that they need. Okay. Yes, 
Yes, and and it's true. We've had young women join who are tone deaf. Interesting. But we we do coax them out of that. Maybe that's a miracle that we need to <laughs> register. <laughs> no, but but I could see where um, one of the beautiful things about singing, knowing just a little bit about singing, is that it, it you're a, it's like a family. Yes. Right, and and there's there's certain voices that have certain. Some will have more authority at certain times like the, the the bass or whatever, you know, or the alto, and, and you'll start to, and there's this sort of ebb and flow that takes place, and then there's this this need to blend, yes. to be part of, to, to create a, a whole, yes. right? You've got to have these parts in the right balance. Yes, we've had a Benedictine priest actually help us with chant before, and he made that comment, and he said, you're very good at feeling for each other. In other words, just the slightest movement and direction, and we all take up that that emotion that needs to go into that chant at that time. But the other element is the blending, and this is hard because there's there's a reason that St. Benedict laid so much emphasis on the virtue of humility because it takes a lot of humility to sing. So it, something that uh, Deacon Jeff and I have noticed, speaking of that, is the satisfactions. Yes. Like, we, we are very, uh, we were touched. If we, Not we, Mick Jacker. No. <laughs> but, but Deacon Jeff and I, we noticed that uh, sisters during the course of, of uh, chant, they would stop in the middle of of it and they would they would bow they would kneel and, and do different things and we didn't know what that was i mean it, it, it seemed random yes it right? seemed we'd, random we'd right. watch and it was a beautiful thing to see and all of a sudden a sister would like she would just like kneel bow her head then she'd sit back down or stand up or whatever wherever the sisters were and we thought what is that all about could you explain to the audience no we do have that very frequently during the divine office we will kneel down and when people ask us, what were you doing? We say, oh, didn't you hear it? Because <laughs> we're kneeling because we've made a mistake. And it's not so much that we're saying that we've done this morally culpable act here, but we do take it seriously because we're singing before God. And there was one priest who was, he was a seminarian at the time, watching us make satisfaction. And he said, if I had to make satisfaction like that, I would learn to sing much more quickly. And it's <laughs> true because you're you're catching yourself on your mistakes. But it allows you to give an opportunity. It gives you an opportunity to essentially to uh, to realize God's mercy as you're doing this. Yes. Right. Yes. So at that moment, so it's not like you. It's not a punishment that's doled out. It's you saying, "Hey, I can do better." And uh, and, and and really, sisters, that was me. I hit that yes. crow note, right? <laughs> yes. And then this this little and it's a, it's a, it's actually a beautiful kind of flow in this movie. You see them, and and we all don't know. We're like, oh, look at that holy sister. She's been she's been kneeling a lot, you know. <laughs> but but really, this is part of a process of yes. improving yourself. In other words, singing better for God. Yes, and that He will accept that satisfaction, as we were remarking about earlier. Just that that's all it takes to just your little I'm sorry to our Lord and I'm sorry to my sisters and I'm going to pull my thoughts together. here. Well, so as I promised, uh, we're going to have a little treat. We have uh, the, uh, the, the our beautiful sisters here um, have formed a little scola and we're going to hear just a little sampling. And what we're going to hear is this song. Uh, we do believe. And it was written by Sister Wilhelmina, wasn't it? Yes, she wrote it in 1971 or 1972, when she was reassigned to the mother house, and she gave it to her dear friend, Sister Benigna, who was the pianist, accompanist of uh, the opera singer Marian Anderson. 
So it was Sister Benigna who wrote the music, but Sister Wilmina who wrote the poem. So beautiful. Yes. Well, sisters, uh, this, these are the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Apostles, uh, a small sampling of, of, uh, of Sister Wilhelmina's uh, be- beautiful song here, but made even more beautiful by the singing. Let's listen. was indeed lovely it's just it's beautiful to hear it's just a little sampling of the kind of thing you hear if you show up here 
at this beautiful uh, Abbey Church in Gower, Missouri, to see uh, these wonderful sisters, the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Apostles. Um, and you know, uh, Sister Scholastica, thank you so much for joining us again and, and offering this insight into this, this charism and this, the beautiful part of music and the liturgy and really in the life, uh, lives of these sisters. Thank you for having us, really, because it's, it's just such a joy to sing your life to God, and that's, this is the life that Sister Wilhelmina started for us. And you know, Deacon Jeff, we've been telling the people in Radioland where to find the sisters. They're in Gower, Missouri, and it's a wonderful abbey to visit. It's an amazing place to make a pilgrimage and to visit Sister Wilhelmina. Uh, but also, you can visit the, uh, the sistas by visiting their website, which is benedictinesofmary.org. You can learn more about the order, but you can also donate to the order if you feel so led. They definitely need your support. And so hopefully you'll visit them and uh, support their mission. Right you are, Ziggy. Benedictinesofmary.org is where you go to find out more information. Now we have time for one more selection, and uh, the sisters have agreed to uh, sing the Ave Maria that we heard today at Mass. It was quite lovely, and I think you'll enjoy it as well. And we always end this show with a Hail Mary. And so this this is our gift to you uh, and our Blessed Mother. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.